Before we start, please do support my podcast. Give us a 5-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. And also, please give us a d- direct donation via PayPal. That would be a very big help for us. Um, any amount would really do. Just I'm going to put a donate link for PayPal on the description page of this episode. So now, let's do it. Let's start with the first episode of uh, Season 4. But, you know, the thing that happened is, on Season 3, um, it actually ended with three shocking things. Um, the first one is, of course, Nairobi uh, shot at her chest. And uh, the second thing is Lisbon shot, but, of course, it turned out to be faked. So, her shot, her, you know, the, the execution of Lisbon turned out to be fake. And of course, the third thing is the professor deciding to declare war against the government and against the police and the military. And they, the, the gang uh, blew up an armored car with a missile launcher. So season four began with the gang. Um, they are rushing to save Nairobi. But of course, um, given the risk surrounding the surgery, they must perform on her. Actually, Nairobi pleaded to be released to the police so that she can get, get proper medical care. This was a this is a great emotional scene. Um great emotional performance by the actress who played Nairobi, um Alba Flores. I salute you. You perform you perform this role really well. You really feel she wants to be alive. Um Nairobi said something like just give me to the police and before she's crying and and she just wants to get, again, proper medical um, attention. She even told the gang something like, um, you guys are untrained and then you're gonna, you're gonna cut me with your, with medical, <laughs> like medical uh, tools that you don't even know how to use. It was a tense scenes. And as Tokyo said, uh, or Tokyo even said that, you know, we should let Nairobi decide. And of course... Nairobi wanted to be given up to the cops so that um, she can be, first of all, taken care properly by the medical staff. And second, she just wants to live. I mean, she's probably going to spend a long time in jail if if they give her off to the, to the cops or maybe... Maybe a, a long time, maybe even lifetime. I don't know really what's like the the legal repercussions of the things that they did. But of course, the the, the group, the gang doesn't want to just give her up to the police, and they they are determined to to perform this uh, surgery on her. So the gang just sedated her by force. Tokyo covered her ears as Nairobi screams. Great performance also by Ursula Corbero, who is the actress who plays Tokyo. And then after an argument between the gang members um, regarding the decision of Nairobi, actually, Tokyo stages a coup d'etat inside the, inside the bank. And uh, she actually led the surgery with the video aid of a surgeon in Pakistan. By the way, this was a very insane scene. They probably got a an illegal doctor from from the dark web 
and the illegal doctor can't even do the surgery on his own. He is watching on video and the hands that would do the surgery are untrained hands, of course, performed by, I think it was Tokyo who performed the surgery, but again, I, 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 I'm going to say I couldn't, I haven't seen that before, so, you know, great scene. And then meanwhile, the professor, at first, of course, she, he's still very much distraught and grieving and angry at, you know, the professor still believes that Lisbon has been killed. By the way, Lisbon is the alias they gave to Raquel. And she he manages to escape the forest after Marseille uh, lures the police away with the tracker and they believe to be so they they Marseille basically led the police to believe that it's the professor escaping. By the way, I love Marseille. I think he is uh, naturally comedic. He's sort of like Arturo, but like they are doing a low-key comedic performance, even if this is this is a very obviously a very serious show. And then the professor develops a truce with with Tamayo, who is the other investigator, for forty-eight hours, so that so that they can treat Nairobi. Um, in flashbacks, Nairobi convinces Tokyo that she actually asked the professor to be the leader of the heist, but. The professor insists that since Palermo actually came up with the idea for the entire heist, he will be in charge. By the way, in the question of leadership, um, in the real world, in, if this was a real world, I would choose Bogota to be the leader. Um, I think Bogota seems to be the most calm and collected and I think he has experience in war or in combat, something like that. Uh, Tokyo, Palermo, uh, Denver, even even uh, even Nairobi, who's of course not qualified at this point. I think they are all very temperamental. Um, but in a TV series, the temperamental, like hot-headed personality—that's actually what you want for your leader. That's the most entertaining to watch for your leader. So obviously, I'm gonna choose either Tokyo or Palermo. Uh, Monica would also be a a good leader. In the real world, but of course, yeah, she doesn't. You know, she doesn't look like it. Like she doesn't look like someone who could lead a <laughs> robbery heist, nonetheless. So anyway, now let's go to season four, episode two. And so Tokyo ultimately leads the successful surgery of Nairobi. Uh, thankfully, uh, she removed the bullet by cutting out a portion of Nairobi's lung. Tokyo then uh, led a resistance within the resistance. She is now in charge. The egocentric Palermo, there was a scene wherein he was about to walk out of the bank. Um, that was actually a great scene. By the way, um, he was uh, restrained uh, by the gang and of course he was tied. I think he was even chained to a chair. Um, outside the bank, meanwhile, Lisbon or Raquel is now transported to the police tent, uh, which is right outside the bank, where she is interrogated by, by Alicia Sierra. Um, I actually mentioned in my season three review that Alicia, Alicia Sierra is the best new villain on TV this, this 2019-2020, and, uh... By the way, if you want to, you know, right after listening to this uh, podcast, 
you can check out again the description page of this episode i'm gonna put a link to all my reviews of uh la casa de papel so that's seasons one two three and four and i'm gonna put them on the description page of this podcast so that you can easily uh, link to them and you can easily find them so anyway uh going back Tokyo calls the professor and the professor is actually angry with the, the coup d'etat that Tokyo did. But Tokyo helps the professor deduce that the police had staged Lisbon's execution and that she is being interrogated inside the police tent. I like this scene because um, the scene shows how smart and also clever and Machiavellian Tokyo is. Um, in flashbacks, it was shown that Mercedes uh, Bogota and the professor celebrate Berlin's wedding um, to Tatiana. But the professor actually expresses, during the wedding, he expresses concern to Berlin about marrying since he has a terminal illness. Berlin made it clear to the professor that Tatiana knows everything that they will live happily ever after for three years and then of course he's gonna die because he's dying of the disease and uh, back to the present time the professor and Marseille break into the apartment of uh, Tamayo's assistant named um, Antonianza's yeah that's it that's by the way I apologize to to um, everyone especially people at in Spain or to all the Hispanic people around the world if I mispronounce any of these names. Um, although the Philippines is a very Hispanic country, we actually don't, there's not a lot of Spanish speakers in our country. Uh, we speak mostly uh, Filipino and English, of course. So, you know, the Spanish pronunciation, we're not really that much familiar with it. But I believe the assistant of Tamayo is named Antonianzas. Um, this was the scene that um, Antonianzas jump, jumped into his window. It's an apartment and then he landed on the pool below. Um, Sierra tells Lisbon... Oh, wait. So, it was that scene where Antonianzas jumped and he was knocked out. And then the scene changed and now we are in a scene where... Sierra is um, talking to Lisbon and uh, Sierra tells Lisbon that if she cooperates, her probable 30-year sentence would potentially be reduced to 10 years and that maybe she could even work on to making it, you know, into 5 years. And, you know, as for me, can I, I always doubt the plea deals especially on you know tv shows and movies i always doubt the plea deals given by the police um but this is a good deal and it's a good like plot point that they planted here so now this is not just a question it's like a question posted to lisbon what would lisbon do what would raquel do uh will she take the deal to prioritize her family and or would she, of course, not take the deal and take the risks with the professor? And the Lisbon slash Raquel character is very important because um, she, of course, she loves the professor very much. But she is also, 
you know, she's a mother, and that's, I think that's a more important um, characteristic of her character, her motherhood, her love for her child, and her her uh, mom who has dementia. I think because um, actually, I I rewatched parts of season one recently with some cousins who just began watching watching the show. Uh, the very first scene that we see Raquel is the very first scene we see her in this season is or in in the entire series is she was she was with her child i think she was um tutoring her or she was playing with her or you know, drawing drawing some you know some 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 things with her or you know with crayons and stuff like that so obviously if the way you introduce the character is her being a mother and not being an investigator so obviously the motherhood is like it's really emphasized um in her character and so given this deal that sierra put forward now what would lisbon do she she it's definitely a 50 50 situation she might go either way she might she might take the deal and you know uh, uh and like give out or rat out the professor or he, he may choose to not take the deal and you know take the risk with the professor by the way um i'm giving a get well soon shout out to the actress who plays raquel itziar itunio she is uh, of course she was tested positive sadly for the for for the virus um, that's going on in the world right now. So really, I, I, I again my thoughts and prayers go to her. I hope she she gets soon very well. I hope she recovers um, recovers as soon as possible. And so now we go to season three. I'm sorry, was I mentioning season three all this time? No, we're going. We're now going to season four, episode three. I'm sorry for that. If I mentioned. Um, if I kept mentioning season f- three in the other, in the first two <laughs> reviews, but now we're going, we're reviewing season four, episode three. This is the episode where the professor and Marseille help Antonianzas out of the pool and persuade him to do the tasks for them by offering him one million euros, and they actually fit his apartment with fake bombs as an alibi that he could use if the police discover him working for the professor. Um, Antonianzas admits that Lisbon is being held in the tent. The professor gives him his watch to wear so that Lisbon would be known or Lisbon would know that the professor is aware that that she is alive and being held in the police tent. That actually wasn't explained or presented well in the show. Uh, it was just a thing where the professor just keeps saying, you know, just just show her the watch, show her the watch, you know. And um, yeah, that that was presented well. But of course, it it turns out that once Antonianzas wears that watch and she goes to somehow when she goes to to Raquel slash Lisbon, she's gonna know. That that the professor knows that she is alive. So just keep that in mind. So anyway, 
this was a very small scene, by the way, but I love it. Um, Shara said something like, guess who's investigating your your van? And then, of course, it's Lisbon's ex-husband, Alberto. He has like, I don't know, like five seconds of scene in this, in this season. Uh, but it was the scene where and he examines the ambulance that the professor and Lisbon used for their uh, for their operation and he actually finds a sim card for a phone that Lisbon had attempted to burn and destroy and although the burnt although uh, it's already been burned the sim card is able to be analyzed and the police found uh, that it only made one call and the call was made to Mindanao, Philippines, where Lisbon's mother and daughter are staying. By the way, there's a shout out to my country. Uh, you know, I'm actually from I'm from the Philippines. If you do not know, so yeah, Lisbon, Lisbon's mother and daughter are 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 in my country in Mindanao, Philippines, which is very far actually from where I am. I'm in Metro Manila. It's like. I don't know. I, I don't know how many miles, but like it's 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 far. It's definitely in a different island. But anyway, Sierra tells Lisbon that they know where they live, uh, or they they know where the family of uh, Lisbon lives, and actually allows Lisbon to call them so that they can leave and escape, presumably, before the police show up in in Mindanao. This also means that Lisbon. If Lisbon does make the call, she is taking the deal made by Sierra. So, just as Lisbon is about to make the call, Antonianza sets a coffee down on the table, and no, and of course, Lisbon notices that he is wearing the professor's watch. She stops, and um, in flashbacks, the professor raises reservations. On Palermo's ability to be a team player to Berlin um, who has concern that he is or he has more love for the plan and being in command than for the team and that is in fact true I don't know if this was that flashback in particular but essentially Palermo told the professor that anyone can betray anyone um, even friends and family Will, can betray each other given the right circumstances. But Palermo told the professor he is loyal to the plan. He is loyal to this plan. He will betray anyone. He will even betray you. He will betray the professor. Um, he will betray anyone in the gang, but he will not betray the plan. And um, for me, that's not a very smart thing to say uh, if you're Palermo. But at least he told it to the professor who, of course... Although uh, I'm gonna say it now, it's it wasn't play, paid off here in season four, but uh, Palermo saying that, of course, to the professor. Professor knows what to do with that information uh, when the right time comes. And um, going back to the present time, Palermo creates chaos to reestablish his command by actually colluding with Gandia. So Gandia was the bald guy who was. Uh, restrained um, he's actually tied to like uh, one of those uh, to those bank windows he's restrained um, but he is the chief of security of the Bank of Spain 
I actually mentioned in my review of season 3 that he will be an important character and obviously he now became an important character in season 4. Um, he dislocates his thumb in order to slip through the handcuffs and of course he was verbally aided by Palermo which was actually a very stupid deal by, by a very stupid thing to do by Palermo and um, it led to a lot of bad things the Rio who was guarding the hostages is emotionally um, he was not able to stop Gandia from escaping and um, this was also the episode that Nairobi came back to came back to life essentially Nairobi came back to consciousness which actually made me very happy and um I'm not even the biggest Nairobi fan, but, you know, seeing her with her eyes open wide awake, it really made me very happy. And I know Nairobi is a very popular character, and she has, obviously, millions of fans around the world. And so now we go to the the middle of the season, season 4, episode 4. So the gang rushed to find Gandia. It became like... A reverse diehard situation where there is this trained bodyguard um, looking for them and presumably, presumably will eliminate the robbers one by one. Um, Gandia has already found Nairobi and attempts to suffocate her with the pillow, but um, brilliant scene Nairobi was able to get a. Uh, 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 a needle or a an injection from from her side table and he was able to stab actually Gandia I think multiple times definitely and so Gandia flees as the gang rushes to Nairobi um, I was actually really scared during this scene when especially when Gandia was choking Nairobi with, with the pillow I thought I thought this was the scene where Nairobi dies because that's there was a scene like that in a movie recently that I watched. Uh, and of course, the, the person died in that movie. But in this scene, um, Nairobi didn't die. But that was that was a very scary scene. And then, Gandia later, um, he, he almost kills Helsinki by hanging as he drops a noose around his neck from the ceiling. From the ceiling. Um, Bogota and... Tokyo just in time were able, were able to save Helsinki before Gandia retreats to a secret panic room he actually cuts the telecommunication cord that render the professor's cameras inside the bank um, inoperative so he, he he actually cut the line of the professor's cameras or the bank's cameras that the professor hacked outside so now the professor is blind. The, the professor can't see what's happening inside the bank. Um, lots of action from here on out. The introduction of Gandia as a major villain will please, will definitely please action fans. And the panic room is equipped with military-grade weapons and a communication center. Gandia actually uses this to communicate with with Tamayo with with the police outside. Tamayo tells him that uh, it was a great scene because Tamayo was like, um, so, yeah, told Gandia this was we're on the truce. Um, my hands are tied. I can't 
I can't command you to do anything. But um, Gandhi actually wants to coordinate an uh, attack. And so Antonianzas tells... Antonianzas was able to know this, of course, and Antonianzas tells the professor that Gandia is communicating with the police from a panic room. And as the professor relays this information to Tokyo, Gandia knocks knocks Tokyo out from behind. And that actually that was a great ending for the episode. Look, looking back, this was probably the best episode of the season at this point. So like um uh, now La Casa de Papel Money Heist they're they're starting to become like a regular TV TV season you know like um c- kind of similar to the other other Hollywood shows where in the first few like literally here the first 3 episodes is like the setup and now we go to episode 4 and now we're in the we're in the meat of the show and now now here we have a like a high point now now episode 4 is like the best episode of the season so far. Um again, this was a great ending to the episode. But you know, even even that is actually an understatement. Um honestly all of the episodes of the season they are actually very good. Um again, once again, before we continue to the second half of the season, um, just a little reminder, please do support my podcast. Give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please give us a donation via PayPal. That will be really a big help for us. Any amount would do. And, of course, I'm going to place on the description page of this episode, I'm going to place I'm going to place a donate link for our PayPal. Anyway, let's continue with Season 4, Episode 5, and it, of course, started in a flashback with Denver and Moscow asking the professor if one, who is Moscow's childhood godchild and Denver's um, childhood friend, or no, 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 Moscow's godchild and Denver's childhood friend named Juan, um, he, they want him to join the heist, but the professor does not think this is a good idea. The gang even made fun of Rio a little bit. This is another one of those scenes that shows the personality and relationships of the characters outside of the heist. La Casa de Papel has been very good in doing this. Um, especially in a way that the scenes don't feel forced. They're really, aside from the main storyline itself, which is the heist... The show has been very good in in really showing us scenes on how these characters who have a variety of personality on how they interact on the quote-unquote real world and outside of the heist world. So in the present time, Gandia restrains Tokyo in the panic room and announces on the bank's intercom that he has Tokyo basically <laughs> announcing to everyone that um that uh, he has Tokyo and that Palermo was the one who aided his escape I actually didn't like this because it's for me unrealistic to the context of both the real world and even in fiction I think the best case scenario for Gandia and he is built up 
as a very you know as a well-trained killer uh i think the best case scenario for him is just to kill all the rob- robbers one by one and of course he's gonna end up a hero if he's able to literally eliminate everyone um he has actually qualified to do it he he can do it in the the last scene during the last episode when he knocked out uh Tokyo, who was talking to Professor on the phone, um, he could have killed Tokyo. He actually almost killed Helsinki using that the the noose. I just really, I just don't see the value for him of just kidnapping one of them and then creating this chaos, which makes killing them one by one more difficult. I think, I think. I think that that's just not realistic for me, for the Gendia character. I think it's more realistic, especially for his personality to just, you know, do the diehard thing, like hide away in like vents and secret doors and just eliminate the 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 main characters one by one. So, once again in flashbacks, Berlin tells the professor that um, the dozens of hostages the hostages that they will have could stage a rebellion at some point and it would actually be wise to have an infiltrated member to post as a hostage to defuse the situation if something like this happens so one of one of the hostages is this woman who has an intense uh, stare she always gets an extended close up it has been happening since season 3 and now they 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 they're actually going to pay that off the professor um moscow denver again going back to a flashback the professor in moscow and denver meet one uh in a flashback i think he's going to arrive from a bus from jail actually um but now one is a tra- a trans woman th- that goes by the name of julia by the way um uh I don't know if I, I'm actually not sure if she, if if one who is now Julia came from jail. I don't know if there's any j- jails that offer um, a sex a sex transplant or whatever. But anyway, you know, one is now Julia, and going back to the present, she poses as a hostage in the bank and goes by the name Manila. And by the way. Thank you to Mr. Alex Pina and the creators of La Casa de Papel by giving a another shout out to my country, naming this um, this character Julia into Manila. Uh, Palermo admits to the professor that what Gandia said is true, and the professor actually assures that he will punish Palermo later, but. He actually ordered the group to unchain him so that he can help in in capturing Gandia. I don't know if this was a wise decision um, in the part of the professor, but maybe the professor knows, definitely the professor knows Palermo more than we do. And he knows that Palermo will ultimately side with them, with the gang and not with 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 Gandia because obviously the at the core of Palermo's personality of his character is he's just he's basically just loyal to the plan and he just wants the plan to work 
and he's just he just wants the plan to succeed and i don't think gandia is part of that plan so definitely even if he motivates gandia to do this um just because he wants to get power back his power back i think it's also in the best interest interest of um palermo to eliminate gandia but that's sort of my way of rationalizing it but it was kind of a stupid or maybe even a writing mistake i would dare say that you know they uh palermo motivates gandia and now gandia is is a the monster who's trying to to kill them one by one but also maybe that's not a writing mistake maybe it's a thing that the show creators wanted that the the villain the monster that is now hunting them down is a monster that they created it's a self-inflicted you know damage and obviously that's that's what's happening now that's what um that's why they're in this ordeal now that they have to catch gandia who is a well-trained killer no less so the robbers actually continue to melt down the gold and the foundry um at that time there was already 43.5 tons um, of gold at that point. And while in the freight elevator, Bogota and Nairobi actually kiss passionately. And she says that they should marry when they get out of the bank. I personally like Helsinki better for Nairobi. Bogota is a very, he's a very, you know, manly man. I think he has seven children around the world. He has that small scene. Um... I think it's that small scene last season wherein he show he has a picture of his seven kids and he knows somehow he knows their whereabouts and where they are in the world that he's a um maybe he's he's a loving father but even if things end very well I don't think Bogota and Nairobi's relationship would last for a lifetime. I really like Helsinki for Nairobi and that's just my opinion of course. And then as as Rio and Denver enter an elevator, Gandia actually throws a grenade into the elevator um, as the elevator door closes and the two muffle the grenade with their bulletproof vests and helmets and they actually survive the explosion and the gang rushes to their, to, their position to help them. Um, I don't know how realistic it is to cover a grenade with with helmets and bulletproof vests and survived the explosion but it was a great scene and also right before that is another great scene it's a very hollywood scene uh but for some reasons i find it realistic it's Gandia throwing a grenade into the elevator right before the elevator closes i mean i can imagine a soldier doing that in real life in a war situation when he sees his two enemies enter an elevator so yeah again that's just a sequence of great scenes right there and then as a shootout ensues between gandia and all members of the gang with the exception of the um restrained tokyo and of course the wheelchair bound nairobi by the way nairobi in that electric wheelchair made her more awesome <laughs> she was like professor x and x-men so anyway gandia escapes through a duct vent and the vent leads him to the room 
where Nairobi is and sh- he actually headlock headlocks Nairobi and the episode ends there and once again episode 5 this is another great episode and they really escalated the action and the tension from from episode 4 so again now we're we're this is again a common thing that uh, Hollywood or slash North American TV does the first few episodes are set up and then it just builds and builds and builds um, until we climax, uh, climax towards the end and then so we go to season 4 episode 6 the gang hears Nairobi's gunfire and of course they rush to her Gandia shoots a hole through through the door and for, forces Nairobi's head through the door while he ties her hands to the door. It was really awful, um, especially that you feel Nairobi's pain in her chest and her lungs. I mean, I mean, they removed her. her I mean, they removed part of her lungs. She's obviously still like she was just operated, and she's still recovering. And now she's like the hostage of this madman who is a legit killer. It was also a great scene. The entire gang is, of course, outside, and they can see her head and only her head, which was uh, obviously plunged through the door. Uh, from outside the door, you can, of course, see see her. Um, Helsinki even tried to shoot Gandia by shooting on the sides of the door, which is very dangerous. It almost hits Nairobi. Um, Nairobi even had that great line while trying to do some psychological wa- warfare on Gandia. She said something like, um, imagine this Gandia, two queers will kill you today. What will your, what will your soldier brothers and your ma- macho gang brothers say? Uh, something like that. And she's really trying to bother this guy and they're telling him that he's already, you know, he's cornered and he is cornered because the entire gang is already outside, and um, if she, if he kills Nairobi here, they're just gonna bust inside the room and obviously murder him. And on top of that, the air vents, the air vents on the ceiling of this room, um, at the time Denver and Denver and Rio were were also climbing the air vent, so he's definitely cornered and. But of course, what what happens when you corner a a trained killer, it actually becomes more dangerous. In flashbacks, um, again, Nairobi asks the professor to be the father of her child by via in vitro fertilization, because she believes that the professor has good genes and he is smart and of course a decent person. Um, the professor was initially opposed to this idea, but in the scene, he already agrees to it. Nairobi was very, very happy, and you you really feel for her um, at the center of the Nairobi character. She just wants to be a mother, and, and you know, she just wants to be a mother with a, a family, and the professor actually made it clear to her that they won't do it in traditional means also known as regular sex and they will do it once the heist is over via i think you know 
basically it's a test tube baby situation um so yeah very very emotional scene finally nairobi will become um a mother again uh, using the genes of the professor and going back to the present time although the panic room is not present on the bank's blueprints the professor actually deduces the location of the panic room to be in the vicinity of the governor's office um, behind the governor's bathroom and um, there's actually a scene um, a flashback scene also I don't know which episode it was but it was when um, Berlin posted as a bank executive and had the meeting uh, with 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 the, the the bank's governor and that's the first time berlin actually met with with gandia and the governor and that's when he saw that there's actually military grade weapons inside 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 this bank and also um by the way given that scene the scene where in the professor was able to locate the panic room uh, by looking at the blueprint and and um, find basically a hidden panic room. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of my experience as someone who worked in real estate. I can attest to the possible reality of this scene. Um, if you know how to read sort of building blueprints and floor plans, you can see some unnecessary big spaces in certain buildings. And of course... Of course, I I didn't work in in banks or any you know super uh, highly secure government facilities like this. I only worked on regular office and office buildings and apartments. So the big spaces in in the the floor plans that I see are mostly beams to support the buildings. Some are like extra rooms that can be used for storage or maybe a maid's room. If you read a building with a possible, if you read like, if you're given a floor plan for a building such as this, a bank or a government facility with a possible hidden room, um, I believe you might be able to de- deduce the hidden room um, if you again looked at the unnecessary extra spaces in in floor plans of buildings. But I digress. Now we go back to the. Review, the professor tells Palermo, the professor tells Palermo this, uh, you know, the plausible location of the panic room. And um, outside the bank, Tamayo and Suarez plan an assault on the bank. Meanwhile, the professor sends Marseille to Algeria, actually, where the police tortured Rio to gather some um, information or gather some intel. Uh... Gandia actually enticed Nairobi and uses her to escape while the group holds him at gunpoint. And then as he escapes, he actually shoots Nairobi in the head, killing her instantly. And then Denver, of course, um, out of shock and anger, he chases Gandia and throws a grenade. Throws a grenade at, at him. Um, injuring him that's how the episode ends it was a very sad scene you know um emotional music played in the background right away when 
when Nairobi got shot, it was a shocking scene as we see the blood come out of Nairobi's forehead after after we hear the bang. And, you know, to all the millions of Nairobi fans around the world, I feel for you, folks. Um, Nairobi was a supporting character in La Casa de Papel, but the great actress Alba Flores made made her honestly one of the best TV show characters of all time. So, goodbye Nairobi, and thank you, you were such a great character. And so now we go to Season 4, Episode 7, also known as the penultimate episode. And if you do not know the meaning of penultimate, it actually means the episode right before the final episode. So this is the second to the last episode. So this one starts with a flash forward, which means in this is in TV or in movies or in novels or in any form of fiction, a flash forward is a scene that happens in the future of the show. This is opposite to a flashback which happened in the past. Um, this flash forward is the first flash forward of La Casa de Papel. Obviously, when it comes to flashbacks, this show has a lot of flashbacks in all four of its season. Um, the flashbacks are actually a an integral part of the show, I would say. What's cool about this flash forward is we didn't know it was a flash forward until after the scene. So Gandia communicates with Tamayo that he has eliminated Nairobi and Tokyo and he is heading to the roof where he needs a helicopter. And of course the 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 flashback the flash forward ended very well. There was a scene where in um, the snipers couldn't target anyone. It was it was cloud cloudy with smoke because they're actually shooting each other. And then I think one of the snipers finds uh, one of them, one of the gang, you know, wearing the hoodie and the 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 Salvador Dali mask. And the sniper asks for permission to fire. They always ask for permission to fire if they have a view of one of the targets. So yeah. That's how the flash forward ends. Very, very good uh, flash forward set, setting a cliffhanger within the show. Going back to the present time, a wounded Gandia makes it back to the panic, panic room. Um, the gang uncovered the tunnel to the panic room behind the governor's bathroom. Palermo informs the professor that Nairobi has been killed. And so the professor, um, at the time, he fell on his knees and it he, I, I mean we see his memory that he actually agreed to Nairobi to be the foster father of of her child and of course sad music played in the background it was a sad it was a again a sad scene emotional scene it was meant to remind us what we felt in the last episode um, they even had this haunting, really haunting image of Nairobi's body covered in white cloth. Um, there's blood all over the floor, but in the cloth, there's, I believe there's no stains on the cloth except for that single red dot, um, which is the shot on the head, on the head of Nairobi. And, um, right after that, um, a very emotional crying Helsinki carries the body of Nairobi. And then Tamayo calls 
Gandias Communication Center, but the tel- the telecommunication cords are cut by Bogota before he can answer. The professor tells the gang to drill a hole through the panic room and inject narcotic gas to incapacitate Gandia before rescuing Tokyo. The professor gets actually. This was a good, a, a, a good scene again. The professor actually hired some people to put up posters all over Madrid that has the face of Rio with the title Buried Alive. And they also nationally broadcast a video of Rio recounting his illegal detainment, his torture by the police. Um, I think in the previous episode, probably when he learned that Nairobi died, he said something like, or the professor said something like, we will rain missiles on them like they never seen before. And even at that point, it was like a mysterious, um, that was a mysterious line for me. I mean, why... Why would the professor say that he doesn't seem like the guy who would literally rain missiles on 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 anyone? But then um, it was of course clarified in the next scenes. Um, the 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 real weapon of the professor is of course not guns and not missiles. Um, the real weapon of the professor is his ability. To win the sympathy of the people by reveal by revealing the dark truth behind the government, and so the first missile that he actually fired fired was Nairobi's Nairobi's funeral. By the way, this is probably the best funeral scene I have ever seen ever. Um, this might be sacrilegious, but I would even say it's better than the funeral of of um the most uh, i don't want to spoil anything but it's better than the funeral scene in one of the most recent funeral scenes in marvel you know i mean if you watched it you 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 folks know what i'm talking about but this is like the best funeral scene i have ever seen ever um it started with the police closing in on the bank's gate the doors open. We expect it to be an all-out war. And then four men who were revealed to be the governor's guards, they were wearing a, you know, complete suit, like suit and tie. And um, I don't know if it's suit and tie or it's probably suit and tie. And they were carrying a big box, which is, you know, Nairobi's body is in the big box. And, of course, emotional music played in the background. You can see the dismay in Sierra and Tamayo's faces right away. This was another blow of sympathy for the robbers and, again, a blow against the police. Once again, this is a missile in the professor's words. It was truly emotional. It made tears come out from my eyes. I haven't cried in a movie or a TV show in a long time. Um, The last time was probably Avengers Endgame. Uh, Lisbon slash Raquel at the tent tried to look at what's happening. Tamayo wanted to send her out, but Sierra wanted to let Raquel see it in respect. And um, Lisbon just cried, you know. Raquel just cried seeing that Nairobi, her friend now, uh, died and Angel actually embraces her. Angel and Raquel are still friends. It's just now they're like... They're just in opposite 
very opposite sides of the law. Um, again, this is probably the the best funeral I have ever seen. Very good scene. It was very emotional. But of course, it's not without its criticisms. Um, for example, Monica, Denver, Rio, and Bogota all had scenes of them standing in front of a glass window. And we know that we know and they know that there are snipers looking at the window 24-7. Um, Bogota even stood in front of the bullet hole that um, initially hit Nairobi's chest uh, with the with the sniper, um, the one that hit her chest last season. It was a powerful scene, him standing in front of the bullet hole on the glass. But it doesn't make sense that that he would do that because again obviously everyone they all know and the 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 audience knows that there are snipers standing or standing or the snipers looking at the windows 24/7 anyway um Tamayo insists that they will have to vehemently deny these accusations to the press Meanwhile, the professor actually enlists Benjamin, who is the father of Manila, and his crew to participate in a plan to free Lisbon. It was also revealed that Benjamin and his crew, they were friends of Moscow. And um, we go now to the press conference of Colonel Prieto. He just basically denies Rio's accusations. It was denied, denied, denied for him. But, of course, the professor launched another quote-unquote missile uh, right in the middle of the press conference. And uh, basically, so the media people are talking to, to Prieto, barraging him with questions. And then suddenly, they all looked at their phones and there's a video that's playing in their phone. And it was broadcast live from Algeria. Marseille forces a man who took part in Rio's torture in Algeria to corroborate Rio's story. And this is broadcasted nationally via video. And also, of course, it's broadcasted in the press conference. Again, this is a brilliant scene. Um, I thought this thing that was the sympathy of the people, I actually thought... That was going to be the downfall of the gang. I thought the police would use it against them. But it's actually the complete reverse. And now, really, the professor is weaponizing the bad things that the government did to them. Now the professor is weaponizing it and using it to their advantage and to the disadvantage of the police and the government. And of course, this deflates the plans of Tamayo and... He calls out or he calls off the assault on the bank. Tamayo actually talked to Sierra and he tells her that Sierra has to take the blame and although she will be fired, she will be paid from the reserve funds and uh, Tamayo basically promises, um, promises Sierra that she will not have any prison time. But of course, Sierra said... This was all BS and she didn't believe it at all. Um, meanwhile, Gandia 
Gandia enticed Tokyo to remove the shrapnel from his back, but he kept her chained on her neck. She knocks him unconscious and the group frees her. There's another cool scene where the professor uh, then uh, nationally broadcasts a video. You know, one of those screens that you can see again from cities and business districts. He broadcasts himself exposing the illegal detainment of Lisbon inside the tent or at the tent right outside the bank. And so the the Ministry of Interiors takes over Lisbon's custody and removes her from the tent. This was was a very over-the-top but a very glorious scene. A weird feeling that we feel this sense of glory and victory for Lisbon who would be taken out of um, illegal custody and now taken into legal custody. Hundreds, you know, of crowd rallied on her side and the scene actually ends with her at the back of a police vehicle smiling as she looked out to the window. Before we go to the last episode, I just want to address two scenes that... They are minor scenes, but I believe they are uh, character-building scenes. The first one is that scene in like this um, luxurious hotel, or um, it looks like a hotel. It's Berlin and Palermo, and the professor are talking, and it's a flashback. And then Berlin was eyeing this big, you know, hefty man, and the man and his friends are sort of eyeing him too. I think. Um, Berlin thinks he, they're making fun of his bow tie and then that scene culminated in um, Berlin and the hefty man meeting at the the, the, the the hotel washroom and Berlin just stabs the man on his you know crotch with a fork nonetheless so I don't know it's just I think this is a scene that is a uh, I'll give you uh, another professional wrestling um, reference here. Uh, it's a burial of Berlin. It's um, something meant so that, or a scene meant so that we will not like his character anymore. Cause so I think this is the scene that is meant to you know, show him as a terrible person, as an awful person. Because I've been talking to people. I mean, I've, I've been talking to other fellow, you know, La Casa de Papel money heist fans, and Berlin has a lot of fans. There's a lot of people who still love Berlin, who miss him from, you know, from, from seasons one and two, and there's a lot of people who still love him. So I think... You know, that's just my reading. Um, obviously, it's just my opinion. But this scene, Berlin st- stabbing this innocent man in in his balls with a fork. That's a pr- pretty gruesome scene. Obviously, it's meant to, again, sort of bury or destroy Berlin's character. So that our sympathy would be transferred to... Uh, to Palermo and as I discuss of course I'm going to discuss the final episode next we're going to see some scenes there on sort of building up um, Palermo's character 
Now, the second scene that I want to discuss is Arturo, who literally, you know, obviously the gruesome scenes were not shown, but she he basically um, sexually abused this girl, who is, I think, the secretary or one of the assistants of the governor, uh, you know, the girl with, she has glasses on the on season three. This time she doesn't wear glasses anymore. And so Arturo sort of told this woman that, oh, she, you're, this is just um, like a, a, a reaction to, to trauma and stress. So, and he has the medicine and he gave this woman the medicine. And when the woman um, slept, um, the woman told 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 her tour basically, oh, you know, I I I wake up sometimes and I see you, you're <laughs> touching me and you know holding me and it, it's just horrible. It's like like during the first actual actually three seasons, I just thought of. Arturo as he's like the comic relief, right? He's the fool. Um, he was he was kind of funny in seasons one and two. He was always just plotting to escape, and he always fails. He's he's a fool. But now that he, he actually sexually abused a, a a woman, you know, and even attempted to abuse the second one, he attempted to abuse Manila. Obviously, now he's an all-out villain. He's like. Um, you know how if you read those old mythologies, Shakespeare uh, stories, and there's there's the main villains. So obviously this show has main villains like Gandia and um, Sierra, and they're the main villains. Then we have the sub villain, like like the fool could be the fool could be one of the villains, and so Arturo is like playing that. He's playing the Joker or the fool of this story. Um, but he's also a villain. He, he can inflict as much damage. So now, now before I was just you know Arturo is just a f- sort of funny character who bothers our our uh, heroes. Now I freaking hate Arturo. He's like he's a complete villain. Um, he abused that woman. He deserves to be in jail. Um, the way he entered back into the bank was not even realistic. Like how was he able to run and jump? into the bank without being restrained by the the hundreds of guards right outside the bank so really now 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 we don't like Arturo he's just an awful character and finally we go to the final episode of season 4 and it starts with a flashback Berlin confront, confronts Palermo about his obvious feelings towards him and also reveals his own feelings for Palermo. They passionately kiss. However, Berlin says they much they're better off, you know, separating because their love would interfere too much in the plan. And um in the last season when Nairobi and Palermo actually had an argument Nairobi told Palermo that, oh, you were not strong enough to reveal your true feelings to Berlin, making Palermo a sort of coward. But now we know Palermo was actually strong enough and he did reveal his feelings for Berlin. They even kissed. It's just 
that the plan is more important than than the relationship and um again this is a great way to build up palermo's character which which this show is actually great at building the character of just about anyone um not one character one character is not purely evil or purely good um every character is painted painted like a real person with with real strengths and weaknesses and that's again one of the beauty of the show um it it lets us know who they really are and we're not just watching scenes of these characters inside the heist we're obviously we're seeing a lot of scenes um of them of their relationship with each other of their you know sort of, sort of personalities outside of the heist which um some people actually like that and some people don't some people just want to watch the plot and see and sort of stay in the plot while others there's obviously people who you who appreciate this and appreciate seeing their favorite characters in scenes that are not within the heist just scenes of in the flashbacks scenes about their their family in their relationships and how they interact with each other and what's the real personality and in a way that's really good because it it like each character you really know them very well and you're obviously regardless if you love or maybe even hate the character you are emotionally attached to that character and if if something happens to that character there's always going to be um high stakes so now for example in this scene now we understand palermo palermo more um i think there's there's a lot some people who considers palermo sort of like a villain um i i felt that too especially during during season three but now here in season four we understand him more we know him more as as a person and that's obviously very important and one of the strengths of the show and uh, back in the present time sierra admits to the press that she actually had used nairobi's son to lure her to the window to be shot and um sierra also revealed that she was killed by the chief of security of the the bank uh, who is named is gandia this is of course supported by her um by her bosses such as colonel tamayo uh, that includes the de- decision to torture and bury real alive tamayo watches her televised speech in disgust and actually she even said that it was it had the support of everyone like everyone knows about it not just the mayo but like people people and the higher ups know about it and she basically did the exact opposite of what the mayo wanted the mayo basically wanted that like the, the reverse like oh i i just like like she based the mayo wants sierra to say that i just tortured him for fun it's you know uh unsanctioned but of course you know the like this is why sierra is such an awesome villain she just she just she just break all the rules and just 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 did what she felt 
was right for her own character. Really, really burying everyone around her, including Tamayo. By the way, Sierra starting to remind me a bit of Tokyo. I think she's like the, she's like, like an older version of Tokyo, which is gonna, which is gonna be interesting. They might have a showdown one one way or another, maybe in some future episodes. But anyway, Benjamin and Marseille go to a Chinese restaurant to begin a const. Uh, construction of a tunnel that leads to the parking garage of the Supreme Court. This is where Lisbon is brought in to testify. Um, it was really cool to see the again. By the way, it's really cool to see the professor in a classroom scene again. It was the scene when he was um, sort of instructing Benjamin's gang uh, for their heist. Their mini heist within money heist, their heist to rescue Lisbon. Um, yeah, it's really cool. The strength of the professor is is he's very good good in <laughs> classroom scenes. But anyway, um, Gandia is re- restrained and he regains consciousness. I like the scene when Gandia regains consciousness, and of course he is tired tied on a chair. The robbers are actually tending to his wounds and the professor told them that, you know, he actually kept on saying that you you can't kill him, can't kill him. Everyone's emotions are getting high, like, you know, Denver, everyone, you know, even Monica, um, uh, Helsinki got very, very hot. Helsinki even pointed a gun at, at, at Gandia and he ended up just shooting on his, on the side of his head. They literally, all of them literally wanted to kill Gandia, but they can't because it's just, it's part of their code. They, it's part of their, you know, as, as, as much as they are robbers, it's part of their moral, moral code that they don't kill prisoners. On the contrast, Gandia is a trained killer who works for the government who has, um, worked in several wars and military operations both legal and black ops which means the underground stuff the the stuff that's not gonna come out of your resume and you know he has worked in a lot of those and obviously he is the head of security now for 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 this for 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 this bank and Basically, the anger of the robbers, it just voiced out the anger of the of all of you, of the millions of Nairobi fans around the world. And uh, it, it was such a great scene. Just people, people yelling at somebody tied on a chair is a great scene. That's how good La Casa de Papel is. And then outside, as Sierra is, of course, fired and legal proceedings are initiated against her, she begins a pursuit of the professor on her own. Um, somehow, Sierra in casual clothes, wearing baseball cap, wearing those glasses, with um, you know, I, I presume, uh, or and also she looks like she has less makeup. You know, her in casual look is even scarier than before, 
um, she felt like a rogue agent, not bound by the bureau bureaucracies of the government. Um, and of course, C Alicia Sierra did quite a lot in less than half of the episodes. Um, so Sierra deduces that Antonianzas must be a mole and tracks down his wife. Sierra extracts inform information from, from the wife of Antonianzas that he had been found in the pool with two friends in the middle of the night. Um, Sierra holds the security guard of the apartment building at gunpoint in order to get the security camera footage. And of course, he finds the footage of Antonianzas being helped out of the pool by the professor as well as the license plate of the professor's car from the parking lot. Uh, by the way, that scene, um, which I think happened in the you know in earlier episodes, that was a careless scene by the professor. They just went to Antonianzas, uh, just without any masks, and obviously they they interrogated him. They got him to be on on their side, but it was a little bit out of character for for the professor um, to. To do an operation without covering their face. So anyway, there was an ep there was a scene in episode six or seven when Sierra opened up about the death of his husband. Um, cancer. He I think died the, in two months. Whenever she goes home, she is overcome with grief, and that's why she likes to work. Um, she works like a robot. And for our gang, for the professor. There's no scarier villain than that. A, a person who doesn't want to go home, just wants to work, works like a robot. And now this robot is basically hunting them down, hunting him down specific specifically, hunting down the professor. And meanwhile, the professor transmits a signal of a fake parking garage so that Benjamin and his crew can drill the hole to the parking garage and rescue Lisbon without being noticed by the guards. Um, at the bank, the gang forces Gandia to radio to Tomayo that he plans to begin another attack. And uh, meanwhile, Benjamin and his crew disguise themselves as a judge, a lawyer, and a prisoner. And then when Lisbon is escorted from the court through the parking garage, they actually take control of of the guards they strap them with bombs bring in a woman disguised as lisbon who kind of kind of looks like her actually and force them to take their normal scheduled route outside of the parking garage and so um lisbon was able to crawl through the tunnel that they dug from the parking to the chinese restaurant and as the gang fires their weapons, they force Gandia to radio to Tamayo that he is going to the roof and uh, they request to be airlifted out. This was a great scene because it was a, obviously a, the flash, this was the payoff of the flash forward uh, scenes that we saw two episodes ago. And in that flash forward, we were led to believe that the gang was chasing Gandia to the roof. Turns out, of course, it's all fake and Gandia is acting almost like their puppet 
and um Gendias obviously uh it, it was basically a fake chase and a fake um shootout with Gendia and the gang. So it was a great scene. It was like a great it was this big great revelation from a thriller novel. That's how it felt. And then of course the professor intercepts Tamayo's request for a helicopter and brings his own that was acquired on the black market. It was piloted by Marseille to transfer to transfer Lisbon into the bank, inside the bank. And of course, the gang creates a ruse on the rooftop to create the impression that Gandia is fighting um, Lisbon, who is disguised as police um, descends onto the roof and of course she is reunited with the gang and they cheered and they chant for Nairobi and I thought the for Nairobi scene which I believe everyone said for Nairobi it was like it was kind of like the king and the king and the king in the north scene from 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 the from one of the finale episodes of Game of Thrones also um, this one, it's the four Nairobi scene. It was a great ending for the season. And, um, this was also a great sort of a change of scenery scene for Lisbon. Now we are going to see Lisbon, um, inside the bank for the first time. So that's going to be more, you know, interesting dynamics as Professor continues to be out. And of course, now Lisbon is in the bank. But then, you know, I thought, again, I thought that the four Nairobi scene, I thought they were going to end the season on there on that note. And that would be a great ending for the season. But of course, you know, credits to Alex Pina, credits to the creator of the show. They found a better ending. And so the scene continues. And we are now in the scene uh, with the professor. He is, of course, working. He is still in his uh, sort of control center. And then... Behind the professor, we see the silhouette of a woman. And, of course, we already know who this woman is. It is, of course, Alicia Sierra, the best new villain in TV for 2019-2020. There, I said it. It came from me. Yes, that's just my opinion, but I think she is the best new villain in TV. Anyway, um, Alicia Sierra held the professor at gunpoint. That's the end of season four of La Casa de Papel. Wow, what a season. Okay, in conclusion, um, I think this season started more fast-paced than season three. Of course it does because it started um, in the middle of the action. Um, no setup needed. The first three episodes was about um, you know, tending to Nairobi, which was entertaining and also thrilling and also very emotional episodes 4 to 8 was action packed because of the villain Gandia I like that they are throwing different types of villains for our heroes to overcome in the first heist of course in seasons 1 and 2 Raquel was the villain um, of course she did something that um, I like to call a baby face turn that's a terminal. That's actually a a a, ter, a baby face turn, or a face turn is a terminology from professional wrestling. So shout out to all my pro wrestling fans out there. A face turn, 
a face turn is when a villain turns and becomes a hero and just um basically betrays his colleagues who are his co-villains and that's obviously what Raquel did Raquel did the baby face turn and now he's uh, she is uh, one of the heroes um for me Raquel Prieto and Tamayo were interesting villains but they're they are almost like the same personality in different in different bodies but they had the same personality so that's why Alicia Shera was such a unique villain we have this you know pregnant woman who is very smart very machiavellian um machiavellian um she is immoral to some extent she is willing to kill you in front of your child she is literally willing to torture you and literally willing to bury you alive and of course we have gandia who is the action villain he is like the reverse die hard if bruce willis was the villain is also a cold-blooded killer I actually liked season 4 better than season 3 because now the heist itself was is is also very interesting. It's the heist is is now again once again more interesting compared to the scenes outside the heist. So, uh, so namely the flashback scenes and the scenes in the police tent and you know the the scenes outside the heist because in season three it was the exact reverse in season three the scenes outside the bank were more interesting and uh, it was just what saved season three for me was was the incredible finale which was very emotional with a strong plot twist um but most of its episodes were good but not great um for this season for season four episodes Four, five, six, seven, and eight. They were all very strong episodes. Um, they were all top-notch television. In many ways, the final episode, actually, the season four, episode eight, it was in many ways a very. It was milder because they were setting up the next season, especially with the scenes of Alicia Shera. Um, they ended with a great cliffhanger that will surely hook you to watch uh, season five. So I, I really love this season. For season 3, I gave Jay's ratings um, 80%. For season 4, I'm giving Jay's ratings 88%. And um, Rotten Tomatoes actually gave it 71%. And IMDb, um, if you average out all the episodes, it is a 7.6 out of 10. So... In season three, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, um, I think I gave. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb in season three, they gave an eight point five or like an eighty five percent, and I only gave an eighty. So I was the one who gave a low score in season three. This time I am the cool professor who gives high grades. I gave an eighty percent compared to the. Scores of Rotten and IMDb, which are in the 70s. But again, I love it. I love La Casa de Papel. Season 4, Money Heist Season 4, and I am looking to watch Season 5.